0: You're Locked On Blue Jays, your daily podcast on the Toronto Blue Jays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Blue Jays fans, and welcome to Locked On Blue Jays, your daily dose of Toronto Blue Jays talk directly into your earphones or speakers or whatever electronical device you're using to listen to this. If you're using something that's not electronic, I am very impressed with you, and you may have a career as a superhero ahead of you. I'm your host, Ryan Andrews. I'm back for another day in the sweltering Nova Scotian heat. Back to talk another day of Blue Jays baseball, and it, it doesn't let up. Much like this heat, it does not let up from the Blue Jays. Another loss last night, 8-3 at the hands of the Athletics completing the season sweep for Oakland, the first time the Blue Jays have lost all games played against an American League opponent in a season since 1981 when they lost to Boston four times. I, I wish we only had to play the Red Sox four times this season, but wouldn't matter if you can't get a result against a team like Oakland. So this is where the Blue Jays are. As they continue their West Coast road trip at the midway point today, they will face Seattle and be. I'm not sure. Yeah. Let's, let's focus on Oakland first. We'll get into the news of today a little in the second half, but let's, let's talk about that Oakland series. That Oakland series was abject. That Oakland series was an abomination that oakland series was an exercise in futility watching the blue jays they were outscored 24 to 6 which is an amazing ratio to consider their, they they out, got outscored by 3 quarters of the day and un, unlike other games where you know it's a late blow up that really puts the nail in the coffin. Toronto never seemed to be in any game this series. Like, you'd watch them, and, and they'd get a hit here or there. They, they'd get uh, a Randall Gritchuk double. Gritchuk had an alright series. They'd get one of those, but then not know what to do with it. And they'd play in the outfield, and it would be incredibly sloppy. And it's not a good look. For a team that has already started to make major changes, one quarter of the roster got shipped out at the deadline. And you wonder what looking at the effort on the field means in the future. We talked about earlier in the season how, you know, at least the Blue Jays are losing, but it looks like they're trying. They're they're trying to win and, and get... John Gibbons some wins and, and keep them from sliding into the negative. And it doesn't even look like they're doing that anymore. When you look at guys like Ian Harvest solarte pull up running a grounder, and yes, we're going to keep harping on that because unless you're injured, there's no reason to just stop short of first base. When you, when you look at efforts in the outfield where, where guys can't catch balls, where they can't hold on to balls, and you just wonder what they're trying to do. When you have guys who... Even when they do get runners aboard and, and have that opportunity to do so, it's like they tense up and all of a sudden they're trying to get it all back in one swing. And how many times have we harped on the Blue Jays to not be that kind of team, to live and die by the long ball? You, you could see it repeatedly in, in last night's game when, when there were runners on. It, it seems like whoever was at the plate, didn't matter who, but they would be going to get it all. Like they didn't have any faith in the rest of the team to actually do it, so they had to try and hit home runs. Salarte's been doing that in the, the entire year. But see guys like Luke Maley, who put themselves in in bad positions to to try and drive in runs. And maley has been one of the best for the Blue Jays this season. But to see him get put in bad position, see Alemdis Diaz press and try and get something when someone's on base instead of just hitting solo home runs cuz that seems to be what Oled Mistyaz does but just to, to see all these bad habits coming back to the forefront to see outfielders not able to hit cutoff men to to see players try to lay out for balls and come up like a, a foot short i i will say i don't i think devin travis is trying I I think Dwight Smith Jr is trying. I don't know what Justin Smoke thinks. He's like a statue. But I I have to assume he's trying and I want to believe that everyone is trying to go for out and trying salvage some pride out of this season, but at after watching that display against Oakland, like none of them none of them look like they they wanted to be out there. Like and you, and you look at the pitching that the Blue Jays got in that series. They got, like, a combined 11 innings from, from their starters. There might, might be 12 with the outs. But Marco Estrada didn't have anything. Sam Gaviglio looked like a Triple A pitcher. And Marcus Stroman, again, those ground balls were finding holes. And since Stroman has been back from the DL, he's looked really good against teams that are really bad, but against a team like Boston or a team like Oakland, where they can get a little more speed on that ball when it's hit, those balls are shooting through the infield, and teams are just racking up runs. They're they're lacing these shots. Strowman can't seem to get it down enough to get that weak contact, and the defense behind him isn't making up for it like it was. So... All this leads me to questioning who's going to be left on this team. Because this is the second straight year that the Blue Jays will finish well back of a playoff spot. The sell-off's already begun. Mark Shapiro, Ross Atkins, they know their window is 2020. And you start to question who is going to be in charge of that. John Gibbons has been there forever. Everyone loves Gibby. He's one of the best quotes in sports. He's so laid back, he's so, so even keeled, but you watch what happens on the field and you wonder, is Gibby going to survive this year? And I would have said yes, uh, as recently as like a month ago, but looking at what has been put out there, the effort that's been put out there, teams having closed doors meetings without the manager. And again, you wonder what his status is going to be. I, I can guarantee you, Brooke Jacoby's not going to be coming back. If if Toronto brings back Brooke Jacoby, there are serious questions under whether or not you're you're actually trying to improve the team because he is not the answer. The, the way the Blue Jays have approached some of these at-bats this season have been absolutely atrocious. And it seems like Kendris Morales is the only one who can actually hit where they want to instead of just swinging freely and hoping for contact deep enough that you can just trot around the bases. Outside of Kendra's Morales, no one's able to aim for a fly ball. No one is able to aim a ground ball at the right side of the infield when they need to advance a runner. And, and it's stuff like that. And you watch Oakland do that time after time last night, getting those deep fly balls, putting the ball on the ground, and moving a runner from second to third. It's little things like that that the Blue Jays just don't have the ability to do. And it's very frustrating to watch from an observer standpoint. When, when you're just like, put, put it in play. Like, put, put it in the outfield. Do something. Don't foul out. Don't strike out. How many times have we seen guys try to put the ball in, into the bleachers and, or even try to get a fly ball, and they can't do it. They can't make contact with the ball, and they strike out. Or or Gibby tries to get a hit and run and be aggressive, and it's a line out. It's, it's a weak ground ball. Something that easily turns into a double play where any kind of contact would only cost you one out. It's things like that that make it really frustrating. And I think I, I've seen on Twitter that a lot of changes could be made. I think the only person I saw saved immediately was Pete Walker, who as a pitching coach, he's he's done well with some of the projects. But you have to wonder how much influence Pete Walker actually had going from being the bullpen coach to being the pitching coach now. And, again, you, you look at guys like Stroman, who you can maybe explain as an injury case, but he's still not being able to generate enough spin on his sinker to get the weaker ground balls that a defense behind him could gobble up. You you look at the regression of guys like Marco Estrada and Jaime Garcia, who's been, like I said, playing cricket with the ball and, and even some of the younger guys like um, like Tim Mesa actually has a better ERA in the major leagues than he does in triple a Buffalo. But you, you see him shuffling back and forth and being thrust into like all these roles. Is is Tim Mesa really prepared for it? Um, You see a guy like Danny Barnes and, and wonder is, is he getting what he needs? I'm, I'm not sure if, Anyone on the staff is going to survive the year. And I hate saying that because, again, I love John Gibbons as a manager. He entertains me. We have a kinship that not many managers share with their fan base. But someone is going to have to pay the price for another year of losing. And it it will be guys like Josh Donaldson, if he doesn't accept his qualifying offer. It will be guys like we, we've already seen. Like Jay Happ having to be moved. Like John Axford, who, who finally got his dream realized to play for the Blue Jays. He had to be moved because a prospect was to be had. Those guys are paying the price already, and it's the staff's going to have to pay for it as well. And it looks like it's going to be Gibby and Jacoby, who are at the head of the line. Possibly DeMarlo Hale as well. Although you can argue he might get a shot at the manager job. He might be one of the candidates if they... Think Eric Wedge is too far removed from the game, but that's where the Blue Jays are. We're at the point where we need to take a commercial break, so we will talk about tonight's starter right after this. Okay, so no one knew who the heck Toronto starter was going to be tonight, and, and I have I had questions as recently as two p.m. my time, so one a, one p.m. Eastern. You I mean, like? Do you know who's starting tonight? I don't know who's starting tonight. No one knows who's starting tonight. Writers are asking on Twitter, does anyone know who's starting tonight? No one knows. Pat Henkin? Maybe. Don't know. It uh, was finally announced around 1 p.m. Eastern time, around 2 p.m. Eastern time, that Tyler Clippard is the latest Make-A-Wish recipient of the Blue Jays bullpen, and Clippard will be starting For the Blue Jays today against the Mariners in the series opener. What what is going on? Tyler Clippard hasn't started a game in 10 years. He knows what it's like to start a game. He started eight of them for the Yankees and, and Nationals. And he was bad. There's a reason Clippard's a reliever is because he did not have anything as a starter. He had no stamina, couldn't regularly get guys out. It was just awful. So to, to go out there and and ask a guy who's shown he cannot get more than an innings worth of outs without allowing home runs or walks or losing whatever it is that makes him good. It, it's, it's like, why are fans watching this game? Uh, Blue Jays Nation reacted to the news by throwing up a white flag as its header. Like, is is there really nothing you can do? Nothing you can pull from like AAA? Like, I'm I'm not going to be advocating for Nick Tepish to get get my Major League Baseball starts again. Dude's got an eight ERA. At Buffalo. Definitely not asking for that. But you're telling me that it's not worthwhile to get a guy like Sean Reed Foley, who is going to have to be put on the 40-man roster anyway at the end of the season. No point in getting him up and seeing what he can do on major league level. Um, no point in in even getting guys like Zach Stewart or something, someone who has actually been a starter in the past decade. Like Brandon Compton was starting games earlier this year for Southern Maryland. You could go to him. Why Tyler Clippard? Why just take any shot of getting any kind of length out of it and putting your bullpen in another awful situation like it has been every five days because this Blue Jays franchise is unwilling to go find a a fifth starter? I, I don't even care at this point if you go and get Chris Tillman. Like at, at least Chris Tillman, there's a there's a hope you can get four innings out of him. Tyler Clippard's gonna be done after an inning and a third, and then you can't even throw Aaron Loop out there anymore because he's gone. And and you're gonna be left going to guys like you're gonna be asking Joe Biagini to go three innings. You're gonna be asking Luis Santos to go multiple innings. You're gonna be praying Jaime Garcia can get through one inning without giving up six runs. It's it's a joke what the Blue Jays are doing to this pitching staff. And yeah, the pitching staff didn't exactly treat them well at the start of the season. But like holding the spot for Aaron Sanchez and hoping that Aaron Sanchez comes back to save this Blue Jays rotation from yet another. I'm, I, I'm losing adjectives to describe these bullpen starts for the Blue Jays because they're always terrible. They're, they're always bad ideas because you, you may get two or three pitchers that pitch well. You may be able to get a couple innings out of Biagina. You may be able to get a couple innings out of Garcia. But someone is going to falter. And when you're you're facing a Mariners rotation that has so much better than what the Blue Jays are putting out. When when 35-year-old Felix Hernandez is out there, and the Mariners have more faith in him than, than anything the Blue Jays could throw up in response, that that makes you question what you're doing with your time. This game starts at 11.10, my time. So 10 Eastern. You're asking your fan base to tune in and watch. A starter they know is not going to go more than two innings. A, a guy who they they are praying just, just maintains what he's able to do. And and yeah, they have the extra arm back in Danny Barnes, but they already used Danny Barnes yesterday because Marcus Stroman couldn't go the distance either. And again, it, it's times like this where it's very tough to actually watch what the Blue Jays are doing because you you don't know the rationale behind it. You can't you can't reason with yourself why are they doing this again when they know it doesn't work. And you you just it, it's like I said yesterday on twitter It, it makes it very difficult to find the good things in in a season and focus on those like i said randall gritchuk is hitting doubles which is great we want a doubles machine in the outfield get in scoring position regularly and maybe someone can bring you home kendris morales has the best ops in the past month of any hitter in baseball that is amazing how many times have we ragged on kendris morales for his first couple months of the season but look at what he persevered through and is doing now. That that's incredible to watch. Um, you you want to root for guys like Brandon Drury who are who are coming back from migraines and, and getting their shot at the major league level. But it, it's tough to find those instances of joy when you you know you're not going to be able to view them properly. And like even even Ryan Baraki. Like Ryan Barucki's one of the bright spots for the Blue Jays right now. He's he's pitched amazing. His ERA is still below three. He's the only starter that goes out there and gives quality innings and quality starts. And the Blue Jays can't score a run for him. Guy's still looking for his first win of the season. That's a joke. Ryan Barucky deserves more than what he's gotten from this Blue Jays team. And so do the fans. Especially in that Oakland series. As we tie it all up in a bow at the end of a angrier-than-expected locked-on Blue Jays. I blame the fact that I'm recording this in my car and it's like 30 degrees and I am baking hot as I, as I shoot this. He's just making my, my ire go up. So, I, I think I, I will end it here. But I do want to end on a happy note and that's to you, the listeners and fans. Uh, at approximately 9pm Eastern Time last night... Uh, my account neoac18. That's neoac18. Crossed the thousand follower plateau, and you know it's it's something I never thought would happen in Twitter. Like like without me going viral in some embarrassing way. But the fact that there are enough of you out there who like what I'm saying, see value in what I'm saying, and want more of what I'm saying that again that means the world. To someone like me, who you know has struggled mentally at times and questioned their value, to to see as many people as there have been who who like what I'm saying and and agree with what I'm saying, it, it again it just means a lot. And I I do this podcast and I do the Blue Jays Tweets, I do all that for you, for the fans, and I again perpetually grateful for all the support that y'all have shown me and it's why I stick it out in the car in 35 degree heat to to make this podcast for y'all as often as I possibly can. So again, just wanted to thank you for that. Again, if if you're not following me, you can join the thousand of others. I get to say thousand now. That's awesome. So Join the thousand of others by following at NeoAC18. That's NeoAC18. Follow this podcast at LockedOnJays on Twitter. And get your updates for when the episodes drop. Subscribe on iTunes, on Google Play, on Stitcher, what, whatever you use to get podcasts. Make, make sure you're subscribed to this. It comes out daily. Um, I want to thank Sheldon McLeod and his producer, Matt, for having me on News 95.7 yesterday. I know I mentioned that before, but I didn't properly thank them by name. So I wanted to do that. And yeah, just again, thank you to everyone listening to this because you're why I do it. So for everyone here at Locked on Blue Jays, I'm Ryan Andrews. Thank you all so much for listening and y'all take care.